You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Del Torre. Great morning. We're recording on a Monday morning. Um, Dan's on a little vacay. Still on that bender. So we're we getting this thing done. I don't mind this, this Monday morning. How y'all boys feeling? Good, good. This isn't this isn't a bender trip. Uh going up to the mountains. Uh stayed uh with my buddy uh Ross up here in Atlanta. Uh, one of my one of my best friends. So hanging out with him today, heading up to uh, to North Carolina. Uh, so so no bender activities this week. Allegedly, allegedly, we'll see what we get ourselves into. You never know. You get some moonshine and some mountain men. Who knows? You know, some Appalachian moonshine made in an actual bathtub. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going to seek out, Nick. <laughs> Nick, how was the cocktail party? I mean, obviously, game uh, aside, how was the weather? How was the crowd? All that kind of stuff. The weather was elite. Uh, yeah. Florida gave me a parking ticket. Uh, or a, nice. A parking pass. Uh, oh, that was, was a ticket. Which, which was like a mile and a half away from the stadium. Very good. So I, so I appreciated the, uh, I, I appreciated the, the weather uh, as I had a walk, a long walk at 10 a.m. to the stadium and then a long walk back at, you know, 1130. Um, a little cardio. So. Yeah, got a little cardio in. Um, it, it's hectic walking around that stadium after the game, especially when you haven't been partaking in cocktail party festivities oh, like sure. everyone else around you. For sure. Uh, so I'm sober and alert uh, and probably the only one left in Duval that is. The best uh, thing so about was- leaving the stadium um, and dealing with the shenanigans after the game and being a reporter is you don't have any gator gear. Right. Mm. So no, no harassment by the by the Georgia Bulldogs of 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 um slander and, and whatnot. You just got to go do a peaceful walk in your black uniform, right? See, I no, here I yeah. thought you were gonna say Silk that the best part about leaving the game was the chance to leave Jacksonville, but I missed the joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> ah, there he is. Damn, Back at it again. Rope. <laughs> Damn, Daniel. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah. But, so that that was a. Uh, it was a uh, an interesting walk. There was a uh, a Joker and a Harley Quinn that were in a fight. Um, Who won? As I was on my way to the stadium, he he was he, it might have been the real Joker, the way he was talking. So interesting, interesting walk back to the car. Was he funny? <laughs> it was not funny. No. Okay. How was how was the crowd? Nick, the game is obviously go in that game four and three. You know, two touchdown underdogs. How was the crowd? How were the Gator fans? Yeah, it, um, Florida. So it's t- Jacksonville at a TIAA Bank. Um, the press box is closed. So mm. I've always said the worst place to watch Florida Georgia is the press box because because of the way the stadium is split, it's half and half. It never really gets loud enough that we feel like we're at a football game. There'll be times where all you hear is keys clicking because you know it, it's quiet in the press box um 
but Florida's Florida's fans were on our sideline. So uh, at times it got loud. Obviously, it uh, it was not loud in the second half. Um, but uh, good crowd. I got to go see my buddy Travis as I was walking in. Stopped by him and his uh, his dad. They were tailgating. Got to see them for a little while. Um, and uh, and then to work. So it's a work day for me. I haven't had a chance to experience the cocktail party like uh, like a fan would. Well, one of these days, Nick, if you're off the beat, we'll uh, soak and I'll take you there, and we'll have an elite time. I'll let you know when I want to get fired. <laughs> well, I assume that if you're at the cocktail party, you've already been fired. You know, safe assumption. <laughs> oh man. Well, let's get. Uh, oh, Halloween. Yesterday was Halloween. Uh, Silk, did you do any dress up with you and the family? No, no dress up. I participated Saturday night, um, African theme masquerade party at the Kush House. So I, I dressed up, but uh, the kids wasn't feeling festive. They did they did some school stuff. So they had character day. Mm-hmm. Um, my son dressed up as Luffy. Um, that was pretty dope. My my daughter didn't really get into it this year. She's in high school, so she's getting too cool for school on a lot of stuff. But uh, nothing yesterday. Just vibe and chill. No trick or treat is knocked on my door. Um, seen a few on the road here and there, but Halloween's not the same. What, what about yours? Did you dress up? I did. So uh, we did like a, the the company I work for. We do. We're we're big into to like dress up days and and stuff like that, kind of cultural stuff, our culture stuff. And uh, we did a the Halloween dress up. So I was. We did like the whole office. Uh, I run a, an office about thirty folks. We uh, did Nightmare Before Christmas, so everybody was a different character. I was uh, the Jack Skellington uh, Santa guy, uh, Santa Claus, I think is his name. So uh, I did that on uh, on Thursday uh, with some some office shenanigans, and then and Saturday night, uh, a friend of mine's birthday. Uh, was at Ebor on on Saturday night. So you know Ebor gets a little wild, it gets a little crazy. Uh, you never know what you're gonna get. Uh, so I dressed up as one of those like plague doctors from back in the day. I had a different costume, but uh, didn't didn't quite work out uh, for uh, for being out for like seven or eight hours. One of those like inflatable costume things. So I was like, man, yeah, that's the one I, you showed us. What yeah, I, I can't I can't be at Ebor for for seven eight hours. We realized so we had to pull a last second audible. Uh, but uh, so we're gonna so, save that costume for another day. For another day, you mean next year, or just a random Tuesday in like September? You know, who knows. <laughs> Yeah, Dan. Dan looked like um, he was going to like an eyes wide shut party. I saw his. Uh, I saw a picture on That's Instagram of his costume. Looked like he he was with like Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman as an extra on set. Yeah, I can see that. I got some BDSM questions. I got all sorts of yeah. things. You know, so yeah, that, there you go. I was yeah. keeping it PG. Man, oh man. So, all right, boys, let's get into the show. Before I do that, still give a shout out to our friend Greg Brunt and Brunt Insurance. Stadium McGuess is brought to you by the great folks at Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. Anything you need insured from the panhandle to the keys, be sure to visit bruntinsurance.com or give my man Greg a call at 954 589 2204. Big coverage, big policies, anything you may need insured that has wheels on it, your life on it. Or your house on it, my man Greg could take care of it. Bruninsurance.com, big coverage. I love it. So uh Gators do lose to number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs 34 to 7. Gators uh, up or down, pardon me, three to nothing with just two minutes and three seconds left uh, in the first half. Uh, Rashard Torrance, imagine this, has just intercepted the ball. 
Uh, Gators get the ball at the one yard yeah, line. I and mean, then... like you had this way where we need a house. Like, I mean, I'm, my bad, Dan. Oh. Sorry. Shit. No, you're good. So imagine this Gators get the ball. Uh, two minutes, uh, three seconds. Rashard Torrance intercepts it. Uh, Gators then uh, have a turnover. Uh, and then get the ball back and have another turnover. Uh, Gators end up giving uh, Georgia 21 point or 20, mm-hmm. yeah, 21 points. Pardon me. In the last few minutes of the game, um, that proves to be the dagger. Uh, Gators do score uh, in the last few minutes of the game. Emory Jones leads the Gators down to a touchdown to keep their 419 st- game streak going uh, of uh, scoring a point in a game. Um, but all in all, Gators do lose 34 to seven in a game uh, that uh, Gators defense seemingly played pretty well. Uh, But all in all, we look back and, uh, you know, we expected Georgia to win and and Georgia wins and Georgia wins big on the back of a fantastic defense. So Nick, uh, give us your, your thoughts from the press box. Um, I jinxed that heavy. Um, Can't blame Torrance really there. I think he caught the ball. Um, like around the two momentum carries you in. Uh, and I'm sitting in the press box thinking, well, he had to, he had to come back out. Um, and I was corrected saying no, cause his momentum carried him in. It would have been a touchback. I was thinking, cause he caught it on the two and then went in, it would have been a safety. He's thinking the same thing in the moment. Um, so, you know, if, if he just goes down, then you're on the 20 and maybe things change, but I jinxed that big time. I said like, you got the ball two sixteen. I know it's on the two, but um, if you can, use these three timeouts, get down there and get three points. Um, you get the ball back to start the third and it's a whole different game. Yep. Uh, two minutes later, the game is over essentially. Yeah. I mean, even purposes. if, even if you get the, the missed field goal, which is another like head scratcher, we don't have a kicker that can make decent field goals. That should just never happen. Right. We should have a guy that can make field goals. That's cost us the Bama game. Um, and it's also just kept costing us points. It's just basic stuff. Who knows what it cost us in these last four games, but we need a kicker. Uh, so it should have been 3-3 at that point, us getting the ball and going back down. But I'm with you guys. The last, the game all changed those last two minutes. Um, mm-hmm. That fumble, strip, uh, what have you. Um, I thought the whistle was blown, but I also wasn't locked in on the TV. Like, that. I was kind of moving around, around and working in the building at the time. But I thought, like, the way the ref mm-hmm. was – walking up to the line like it was blown dead um so that to turn into a turnover i thought the defense played well enough in the first half for us to be in it clearly it was three zero 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 for the most of the half we just couldn't get any points and that georgia defense is very stingy yeah yeah they, they really make they really make you earn like everything the first half i thought every yard florida got they had to earn um We'll probably get into play calling later because I, I don't think it was super inspired um, with Anthony in the sure. game. But um, but George's defense was you know as good as advertised, I think, in my mind. And quick shout out, make sure it's early. I, I was joking like hashtag pray for Kingsley. Um, Kingsley had a great game. And yeah. you had to play. You had to play without Ethan White. Um, so you know, shout out to Kingsley because that's a Jordan Davis is a is a man and a half. Um, and he lines up right on top. I mean, you can smell what Jordan Kings can smell what Jordan Davis had for breakfast that he's lining up right on top. Yeah, no, uh, Nick, you're right. And I want to, we will obviously break down, you know, play calling a a little bit more here. Obviously it is Anthony Richardson's first game as a, uh, as starter for the Florida Gators, but uh, just to, you know, to close it out, you know, the Gators uh, do, 
you know, they, they get the ball with, with on the two yard line with a chance to at least move the ball, maybe get a, uh, maybe get a first down or two. Uh, I did think that the, the back-to-back runs uh, were interesting, especially considering that, you know, Damian Pierce quarterback runs, pardon me, Damian Pierce is, is there and there's a the chance to, to break, you know, maybe not one open, but, but definitely, you know, a guy that you should be relying on a little bit more. Um, I understand the rule. I did think that if you're carrying a ball carrier forward, uh, that that, in, in my opinion, has stopped forward progress. I, I thought that Anthony Richardson's, you know, feet had stopped moving on his own where, where he was getting carried and the ball got punched out, you know, but then you go and, and throw an interception, then you go throw a, a pick six, you know, all in the course of, you know, 10 actual life minutes. Uh, there, there's no real coming back from that. Um, you know, again, shout out to Georgia's defense. You know, they were playing stout all the way through the end of the game. It just seemed like they had, you know, an incredible amount of endurance, incredible amount of heart and hustle throughout the entire game. Uh, you know, so a tough loss, uh, you know, a loss that I think everybody expected. I, I don't know if it was in the manner that everybody expected, but I think if you take out those, those couple minutes, which obviously you can't, but if you could, you know, I thought the Gators defense played pretty well uh, against Georgia, you know, causing two interceptions. You know, they didn't really move the ball all that well, you know, all things considered, you know, with the talent that they have on offense. Um, and in Dan Mullen's opinion, you know, they won uh, most yards of possession in the game or uh, most yards uh, of offense in the game. So um, I guess let's get into a little bit about, you know, the, the game itself uh, with Anthony Richardson and the play calling. Again, Anthony Richardson does get his first start. Uh, in the game, uh, ends up going uh, eight or pardon me, twelve for twenty for eighty-two yards, two interceptions. Uh, you know those were both at the end there of the second quarter. Um, Anthony or Emory Jones, pardon me, does come in later after an Anthony Jones uh, injury. And Nick, I don't think we have an update on that yet, do we? No, um, I'm I, I'm guessing it's a concussion. You know, we're, since we're doing this early in the morning, uh, I was going to say since we're doing this early in the morning, we haven't talked to Dan Mullen as if Dan's going to be. Uh, forthright and honest about an injury, no reason to be. I'm not, you know, trying not trying to take a shot at him, um, right? But I mean, Anthony Richardson got hit right in the ear hole, right? Um, and you know, tried to come off the field before you know going down quickly. Um, went in the injury tent and then straight into you know when when something like that happens, I, I'm like as a reporter, I'm not even watching the game anymore, and, and you can't see it if you're watching you know on TV because you're not going to follow him. Like I've got binoculars and I'm just like watching. I'm on Anthony Richardson watch. So he went from the tent straight into um, the locker room and, uh, you know, never came back out of the locker room. So, um, and you always look for in a concussion is the player holding his helmet. Does one of the trainers have the helmet? Um, so when, when he walks off the field, the trainer's holding his helmet. And that's, you know, for me, a sign of um, concussion at, at either level, whether it's um, college or NFL. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. Obviously you have, you know, a whole set of protocols to go through, um, to be able to get back on the practice field. So that'll be something to monitor all week before Florida heads up to Columbia. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so I know that you, you mentioned you wanted to talk about it too. Uh, give us your thoughts on play calling in, in general with Anthony Richardson. I mean, I just thought the first half I seen two and the announcer said the same thing, two design runs, from Anthony Richardson, I just—he's not a guy you could drop back and pass the ball. Um, and I don't understand Dan Mullen's offense has never been that. I just don't see a Dan Mullen offense. 
Like the, the offense he ran with Tebow or Dak or anybody else that was run first play action, a lot of reaction stuff. Like somebody was saying maybe he thought Georgia was was going to stop that anyway. Like, bro, you got to do what you do. If that's mm-hmm. what you – that's how you call plays. That's how you, you've made your living doing things a certain way. All of a sudden, like, we don't see the quarterback dives like we normally saw. Like, and the play action's off of that stuff. The read action, the quarterback design keepers. We're not seeing any of that. Uh, you coming out like after like Georgia goes down the score, two minute one. Are you dropping this kid back to to, to dissect the Georgia defense led by Kirby Smart and Will Muschamps, two of the best defensive coordinators of our generation in college football. Like that's that's like an unrealistic task. Um, we should have been run heavy regardless this season. That's what we all expected a, a run first team. So I don't I just don't understand like our our, our whole game plan. The entire 2021 season, not not just Saturday versus Georgia. I don't think we have been prepared any game that we went into. Yeah, I I don't I don't understand. Uh, you know, Anthony Richardson, you know, on the year uh, was able to, you know, open the field a little bit more. Uh, we didn't really see any throws really beyond 20 yards. We saw two total. Uh, both of them were incomplete. I didn't see much of a game plan. Uh, like you said, Silk, I didn't see a lot of design runs. I didn't see a lot of RPO. I didn't see a lot of, you know, trying to get the ball in space to players. Right. I didn't see, you know, him throwing the ball, uh, you know, the way that he'd been throwing the ball. Now I know George's defense is very different than LSU and, and USF and, you know, Vanderbilt and teams that he's played before, but still I didn't see really. Do you see a lot of motion and stuff? Well, no, like, do I didn't you see anything. I don't see anything that like trick a defense. Bro. I, I didn't see anything, um, you know, in it, 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 it bad became worse, um, you know, under pressure, you Anthony Richardson's obviously young, you know, he's a redshirt freshman. He's a guy that, you know, when he came to UF, you know, had a lot of work to do, you know, passing the ball, you know, obviously a, a good player, you know, out of high school, but, you know, still was working on passing the ball. And I think that we've seen that when he is kept clean, you know, he, he can throw the ball well. Uh, and I thought the offensive line did a pretty good job. Um, you know, again, your, your biggest issues are still on the right side of the, the line. I thought that he did pretty well when he's kept clean. Um, I still think that he makes a lot of, um, I don't think that he does well under pressure. Um, you know, I think he was only one for five under pressure, but no part of the game plan uh, really made sense. Cause I didn't, I didn't see a game plan. I didn't see what they were trying to do. I didn't see them try to run multiple plays, you know, in different you know ways to try to then open up something, you know, deeper or longer. Uh, I just saw a lot of short ticky tack, uh, you know, type of passes that, you know, the Gators weren't able to ever capitalize on and, you know, Georgia, basically stayed in the same defense, you know, the whole time. I think they only had one blitz uh, in the entire game. So uh, forced, you know, Anthony Richardson to, to make passes and, you know, it didn't work. Yeah. Uh, um, it was like to, to say, to feed off something Silk said, like he's just not ready to be, to be that kind of passer um, yet. So I think you need to know that and probably come up with, with some different plans. I mean, there were some times where uh, uh, several times where floors five wide um, and, and just like putting them back there to throw the ball. Um, I think they early on the second half, they came out and they started running him a little bit more on some design things, but you probably should, you probably should have had that and needed to have that, you know, earlier in the game. Uh, Flores defense came out early and and got the job done. I mean, you got 
two punts, I think. Uh, or no, Georgia had a, that really long drive to start the game. The eight, or not long, the eight. Yeah, missed the field goal. Missed the field goal, but then um, punt, punt, and field goal. So I mean, Florida's defense really, um, you know, started with uh, the missed field goal on the first drive, forced a punt, forced a punt, gave up a field goal, and then got an interception. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then you get you know the fumble and the interception, and then interception. Um, and things are things are you know done by then. Now you're playing a whole different game. I think that, in my opinion, this is the best the defense has played all season. In the first uh, half, of the I thought game. they I thought they started I thought they started off really well. Um, you know, sarcastically tweeted that Todd Grantham was earning his uh, earning his contract extension. People did not. I'm sure your mentions were were clean people. and pure. <laughs> I was not read as uh, sarcasm. Yeah, I think um, one of my biggest takes and just like my thoughts of the weekend was um, it just all go every like if this season goes well, uh, Emory plays well, Anthony Richardson, Richardson looks good when he comes in to spell Emory, then McGee looks like a good hire, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't look like a lazy hire. Um, now that Brian Johnson is left, that McGee hire, so somebody that's already on staff, it, look like, it, it looks like a lazy hire from Dan Mullen right now. Mm-hmm. No, no, no slight on McGee. Yeah, but just like my quarterbacks being prepared, uh, watching their development, and, and Brian Johnson also helped with some play calling and preparation as well. Um, right now, that's just looking like a late another Dan Mullen lazy hire. Yeah, um, and and the same thing I'm gonna say right now for Jules. I think Dan Mullen is just making lazy hires right now, and I, don't, I think he's checked out. So, um, I it, like we we can't dissect this game forever, right? This game, right? We was dominated. Um, <laughs> From a talent standpoint, we, we see what it is. So we we pretty much our conversation is gonna be where's this program go next? Like like how do we fix recruiting? Uh, how do we get some studs on this field? How do we get a defensive coordinator that could that could actually uh give us a chance to win football games on a regular basis? Like what's our next hire and what's our next moves to, to fix this thing? Uh, yeah. I think we got some hires to make in the recruiting department as well. That that's kind of stagnant. Yeah, um, let's let's close out. So you make a great point there. I do want to just close out this game real quick uh, before we get into that because I think that, that my bad, my bad. No, 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 no. I think that that leads into a much better discussion that we we can have here in a minute. Um, you know, I, I do want to give some shout outs. I thought Rashard Torrance has played you know very well this season. Obviously, ends up with two uh, interceptions. One great interception and one uh, that was a bit of an arm punt, but but still there to to make the interception. Um, you know, I I thought that Gervon Dexter, you know, played quite well uh, in the game. You know, and I think all in all, you know, Georgia was the substantially more talented team from a recruiting rankings perspective, a coaching perspective. Uh, but I thought the guys played really well. Uh, you know, in in spurts, and it just you know it's it's tough to hold the line forever. Um, you know, so shout out to them. Uh, I do want to give Damian Pierce a shout out too. I thought that when he had an opportunity to run the ball, uh, he ran really well. Only nine carries for sixty nine yards. I thought that every time he got the ball, he was you know chunking yards away, and you know every time he seemingly had a good run, they they had to replace him with somebody else. So still don't understand the uh, the running back rotation. It's something that I don't think that I'll ever understand uh, exactly, yeah. but. Um, I thought that when Emory Jones came in as well, um, you know, to spell Anthony Richardson after his injury, I thought that he played you know, pretty well. I think that he went 10 for 14, if I remember correctly, uh, in the game for, for 112 yards and the touchdown. Uh, you know, so all in all, I, I thought that in, in spurts, uh, they, they played pretty well. Um, Nick, you shouted out uh, Kingsley Egwukon, who played pretty well. Uh, you know, but all in all, just a, a team that was, was overpowered, um, outcoached and, and overmatched. 
Any final thoughts, Nick? Yeah, I mean, Damian Pierce has got um, – he's averaging more yards uh, from per play from the line of scrimmage than um, – I'm blanking on the guy's name – the Michigan running back uh, – Michigan State running back, excuse me, who's being talked about, the Heisman. Um, he just doesn't get carries. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, in this game, I think – let me pull that up. I had it right here. Um, Lee Davis had six carries. Naquan Wright had seven. Damian Pierce had nine. Nine for 69, averaging 7.7 per carry. Um, and, he, it, it, and it's the same thing every game, too. It's like the first – I feel like every game I tweet first drive or second drive, man, Damian Pierce running like, with the, like his hair is on fire. Um, and then I look up in the third quarter and I'm like, oh, he has four carries. Like, what? When, right. did, I, when did I have that take? Because I haven't seen him in a while. Um, Dan, we ask him about the running back rotation, and it's always past the buck. Hey, um, you know, that's something Greg Knox handles. You ask the, the, the running backs themselves, and they're good teammates. They say, our coach handles that. We go in and we're ready to go in when we go in. Um, but I think, I think Damian Pierce, uh, I think Florida's done a disservice to him. He 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 looks the way that he looks when he's run the ball. Um, uh, you know, I, I think he could have had an, an incredible senior year, and you're going to look up, and he's going to have you know 60 carries. That's nuts to me. <laughs> That's nuts. Um, I think Naquan would, would would do just as well. It's just like it's only one football. Um, <laughs> But yeah, shout out to Damian Pierce. He's looked good all year. Um, he's going to be a good pro. His vision definitely got better this year. Uh, overall, better runner. Last year and the years before, um, it, it wasn't as smooth as he looks this year. So he's, look, he's looking a lot refined. And also, like Dan said, Rashad Torrance, a great, great safety play uh, from him Saturday. Wish he had better field awareness mm-hmm. uh, on that interception. Outside of that, I thought he played a solid football game. Yeah. Um Nick, just to echo your point, yeah, Damian Pierce averaged, uh, I think, pardon me, he didn't average. He, he had 49 yards of contact, or 49 yards, pardon me, after contact, 5.4 yard, 5.44, sorry, morning recording time here, 5.44 uh, yards after contact average. In my opinion, that that's probably as good as you're going to get against that Georgia defense. Uh, Nick, you mentioned Kenneth Walker. Um, some similarities, I see it. He, like you said, though, doesn't have, you know, the opportunity to, to make a big impact. You know, here at Florida, and that's no slight to Malik Davis and Aquan, right? Uh, I mean, Pierce just, you know, does what he has to do when he gets the ball. So I'm hoping for some more opportunities to get to the last four games of the season. So we're going to close the chapter on the Florida Georgia game uh, for 2021. Gators do lose 34 to 7, and we will see you guys at the world's largest outdoor cocktail party this time next year. But Let's move on to the state of the Florida Gators program. Before we do that, let's give a shout out to our friends over at Homefield Apparel. Visit Homefield Apparel, use promo code Stadman Gale, get 15% off of the finest t shirts and finest retro gear, not only for the University of Florida, but for a lot of colleges and universities around the country. Uh, some of the best retro gear uh, that I've ever seen. They're going to continue to add more and more uh, to the University of Florida's collection, but beyond that, to, to other schools, uh, maybe for a parent, a spouse, a loved one, a friend or family members. So visit homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code Sid Miguel, get 15% off. It is about to be hoodie season and they are going to be uh, all over uh, the home field apparel website. So visit them out as soon as you can. Uh, so you and I talked about it right before Nick uh, came on the show. I wanted to just talk about the overall state of the program uh, and what do we do from here? I, I would imagine that we expect changes on the defense coordinator uh, with that is also going to come changes 
at the the position coaches. It's just a natural change uh, when a new coach comes in. But want to do talk about the state of the program. Uh, from where we're at right now, Gators have four games left against South Carolina, Samford, Missouri, and Florida State. But where do you, what do you want to see uh, over these next four games? So, I mean, it's a lot of a lot of questions out there. I don't know, like, like what's our move? I know we're getting rid of the defensive coordinator, and that whole side of the ball, in my opinion, needs to be gone. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not. I, I do like David Turner, but like from a DC, whatever he wants to do, I think he needs to get like that done. Whatever new DC is coming in. But I also think our biggest problem right now is recruiting. Yep. So we need to figure out that room. Who's in charge of what? What type of organization? What's our plan? Like the overall, like what like what are we missing? Like what's our philosophy? Um, we think we can hire and, and, and hire anybody and we can recruit anybody and win with anybody, but that's not happening. Mm-hmm. So like I think it's gotta be a whole philosophy change. And if not, if Dan, like next year, I think it's going to be a hot year for him regardless. Like he got to figure something out. That seat is going to be scorching hot like next year. That's what this, that's just what it is. Um, so do we have the people in place to make a change there? If, if he's not showing improvement next year in recruiting and also like overall program, because right now we're stagnant. I'm not going to say some people out there with some ridiculous takes or, yeah. or we're worse off than when Muschamp and Mac had a team. <laughs> and that's just complete nonsense. Like people got to get like – emotions out of their like common sense we're at a better state right now like we're as a football program but we're stagnant um and there has to be some change Mm -hmm. um big change and i think we're behind the curve we was ahead of the curve we could have made some of these changes last year Mm -hmm. that's what's sad about that's what's like the most upsetting part about all this like we've all known we need a dc a new dc we've Mm -hmm. all known the recruiting has been lacking That has been regular complaints that has been shrugged off with arrogance. Mm -hmm. Now here we are. And those changes are going to come whether you want it or not. So I just want to see, like, what's the next move? Um, We're going to wait for Grantham contract to expire because we don't have the balls to fire people around here. But I don't know what the D.C. board look like or what's next. But that's the next move. This year, these four games, man, I mean, you got to win out. You can't lose to any of these teams you got left. All these teams are terrible. Including Florida State. They're all mm-hmm. terrible teams that you should win. So you, you shouldn't lose a game. Um, we should feel okay about like that, right? Winning mm-hmm. those four games. But overall season, we got a lot of questions that need to be answered. Yeah, you're not going to uh, – I'm, I'm looking at it and uh, probably shouldn't say this because still want people to read, <laughs> read stories and stuff like that. But – what are you going to learn uh, about this team against, you know, uh, South Carolina, who's bad, Missouri, who's bad, Sanford, who's bad, and, uh, you know, and Florida State, who's bad. Um, you know, hey, shout out to Florida State, almost beating Clemson. Uh, that's a different show for you, but uh, good good game against Clemson. Um, you're not going to learn anything other than, like, hey, does is there is there a reason why Tyre Elam – plays another snap for Florida. I think, you know, uh, he, he, can, he can start getting ready for his NFL career right now if he wants to. Um, I think I think guys like oh, – pause that real quick. You hear that? Yeah, what's that? Um, I don't know what that was. It sounded like, like – Is it fixed? Hold on, hold on one second. Thank you. 
What the hell is that? I'm on my I'm using my Bluetooth headphones. Maybe that's something like Bluetooth. All right, it's off now. Hello? Yeah, 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 yeah. It sounds okay. Um, what was I even saying? What the heck was that? Nick? Yeah. Can you hear me? Hold on, let me let me just plug in. We lose Nick. Can you hear me now? Hello. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear. We lose Nick. No, you can I hear me or you know? I hear Nick. You don't hear Nick. I can't hear. Hello. Yeah. Can you? Silk, you got me. Dan, you got me. Yeah. I don't think Dan does. You hear me, Nick? Yeah, yeah. I hear you, Silk. Okay. I can hear both of you. I can't hear Dan now. Can you hear me now? Yeah. All right, cool. Um, sorry, I don't know what happened there. So you can start over your take whenever. What was I even talking about? Uh, you were talking about um, what does Kyer Elam have to play for? Yeah. All right, so just give me a countdown and then we'll go from there. Three, two, one. Um you know, a guy like Kyrie Elam, does what does he make a business decision? You know, mm-hmm. um, you got a bunch of other guys, seniors that I think, you know, maybe not, you know, like a Zach Carter, he's having a great year. I think he's making himself some money. Um, but like a Jeremiah Moon, like, hey, you've already had a great year. You're you're not injured. Um, you've been injured, you know, I think three out of your your five, six years of Florida. Do you shut it down? Um it it gets a lot harder to go to practice to wake up at, at five for film and for lifting and to do all this stuff when you're four and four, um, mm-hmm. you know, on November 1st and, and you're being asked to, uh, you know, all the same things and, and work out and strain and, and give as much as you were in August when you had all these goals and aspirations of, of you know, playing for a national championship. Cause that's all gone now. Yeah, no, I think you're you're exactly right, Nick. And and I don't know if any of those guys are going to make business decisions. I don't know. I mean, Kyrie Elam is obviously a you know potential first round draft pick. Uh, outside of that, I don't know if there's anybody else that's like at a huge risk for really jeopardizing their draft stock, right? I mean, I think that Zach Carter, you know, Jeremiah Moon, you know, those guys have obviously you know improved quite a bit, and I think that they're both going to get drafted, you know. But at the end of the day, are they, you know, do they have the ability to? stop right now and i don't i don't think that any of them necessarily do uh but so i want to i do want to go back to to your philosophical point here um you know i think when you look at let's just talk about recruiting for instance you know i think that florida probably needs to make some changes in the recruiting department and i'm not necessarily saying that they have to fire anybody in particular but i think that they need probably more recruiters that are on the recruiting staff um you know I like Lee Begley as a as an organized person in terms of you know her role in terms of what her organizational capabilities are, um, you know. But I look at a guy like Charles Galaski. I look at you know some of the other kind of administrative folks, and I compare them you know to teams that have 
more recruiter focused type of folks in that, that role. You know, I think of, you know, Ohio state, I think of Georgia, I think of Alabama, um, Tennessee, even, you know, that have folks that are recruiters in a recruiting role, not just administrative organizational oversight. So that in my opinion is a, is a, a big change opportunity uh, as well. Cause those guys are the ones communicating with these players the most. It's probably more, more off off field off field staff and, yeah. and things that they can do. Um, I mean, I, I would love to be back in that room when you're looking at getting. You know, I'd love to be back in the room. Let's go back all the way to when Juwan Sider's on staff and why he's still not here. That's a guy that would get you in homes in West Palm Beach, Broward, mm-hmm. Dade counties. Um, the rumors about Charlie Strong, you know. Uh, coming to coach linebackers and be co-defensive coordinator when uh, C Rob looked like he was going to Michigan and what that conversation with Ty Grantham was like, he's a guy that even though he's a little bit older, I think, you know, his name and his reputation still carries weight down South Florida. Um, Same thing with T Rob when, when Florida was looking, you know, before they hired Jules for a guy to coach cornerbacks and be a co-DC. Everybody want to be be comfortable, man. T Rob's a guy that that would be relentless down there. I mean, uh, talking to my dad on the way home, he, he's angry after the game, and he's just like, you don't need to even leave the state of Florida to have a great football team at the University of Florida when mm-hmm. it comes to recruiting. Um, that, some of that's changed. Obviously, Alabama is going to get kids that they want from the state. Georgia, um, Clemson is, uh, Ohio State. But, but I think it, it's true. You don't really need to leave the state all that much. Maybe go get a quarterback from somewhere else or, or you know uh, – cherry picks and guys but for the most part Florida's getting beat up and i mean Florida's behind purdue on our rivals rankings and um you know behind florida state i mean mike norvell with a a bad football team is out recruiting dan mullen and and his coaching staff which has you know gone to three straight new year's six bowls Mm -hmm. and it's and it's not just you know November, right? Like that's the thing that you could have said, you know, five, six years ago. And National Signing Day, for the most part, it's in six weeks, right? There's going to be people that go on into January and February to sign. But, uh, you know, National Signing Day, for the most part, it's in six weeks. And right. you're ranked 35th. That's not good. I mean, you can you can argue all you want that there's, you know, some crystal balls coming in and Florida's going to get some of these guys, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, you know, Florida has – you know, Nick Evers committed at quarterback who I think is a good get, but you know, for a team that's put, you know, six or seven wide receivers in the NFL, you know, they're going to whiff on Evan Stewart. They've not been able to get any of the elite guys. They've not really been able to get any elite running backs out of high school. Um, and they definitely aren't able to get any elite, um, you know, offensive linemen. And those are things that you and your staff have prided yourself on being is this, you know, top flight offensive, you know, program, and you're not even getting top flight offensive players, you know, to be able to compete, you know, against Georgia and, and Alabama and Ohio state, uh, you know, on a consistent basis. And, you know, if you can't get offensive players to come to your program, that's an offensive heavy team, then, you know, that's, that's just where the problems get started. Yeah, man. I'm with, with you guys, like the off the field staff, I think it's just as, as important as, I just don't see any any recruiting energy. Uh, like I watch, I know the recruiters at Georgia. I see him on Twitter. I see mm-hmm. him like th- th- on social media, different places, and, and like that shit's loud. Yep. Um, we don't have any noise in our recruiting department whatsoever. 
Uh, it, it was cool when when you you do your own evaluation, give your own your guys their own stars. That's cute and sounds fun and oppressor until you get waxed by George and they're 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 your rivals and on their way to the playoffs and possibly a national championship. That that sounds cool um, in those standpoints, but like just gotta be a philosophy change, bro. It's too much laziness around this entire regime, and I don't, I don't want to just harp on firing people, but it's just too much laziness and complacent complacent shit. I mean, the difference the difference in the two programs is is the can be seen in the head coaches when they're asked about recruiting after the game. Um, Matt Baker asked Dan Mullen if there was a talent gap. Dan said, "We won this year; they won last year." Uh, what do you think? And Matt Baker goes, "Do you want me to answer that?" Uh, <laughs> which I thought was funny. And Dan was like, "You got you, you do what you got to do." And Matt answered it in his story after Kirby Smart gets asked about it. And uh, he goes into a rant about how about how you you can't out coach recruits. And he goes, and everyone thinks that we have a good defense and good defensive coaches. You know, Kirby Smart being one of the defensive coaches, like we don't, we have good players. Um, he said nobody's going. He said, uh, I guess his full quote is, "No, there's no coach out there that you can out coach recruiting. No coaching is going to out coach players. Anybody mm-hmm. will tell you our defense is good because we have good players." Um, Georgia has the number one class on rivals. They have more five and four stars committed to them than Florida has total commitments. Um, you know, Dan Mullen, you know, said, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Last year we were able to win this year. We weren't. So there, that's what it is. You know, currently Georgia has uh, the number one, <laughs> the number one recruiting class this year. They were tops in 18, 19 and 20, 20. Um, Florida in those years was 17, 8, 7, 11, and currently they're 35. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the difference. And and I think I've, we've, I've said it before, this coaching staff um, has success with going and getting guys, you know, for, backup, for lack of a better way of, of putting it, that, you know, uh, other people don't want. They, you know, not many people wanted Dak Prescott. Nobody wanted Nick Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. Um, they've had success – John Hevesy has with a bunch of offensive linemen that were either tweeners or too big or, you know, didn't have great offers and, and they've turned them into um, serviceable players. They've turned them into NFL players. And I think they believe, Hey, we don't need to look at rivals rankings. We don't need to look at the recruiting rankings because we've got our own rankings and, and we know better look at our track record. And to, to some extent, the track record says, um, you know, yeah, yeah, they're right. Um, Saturday, it showed that, listen, stars might not be everything, uh, but there's something to them. Yeah. Uh, no, I think that, you know, you guys have both, you know, kind of belabored the the point in a good way that, you know, Florida has never, right, Dan Mullen has never treated recruiting as, you know, the lifeblood of his program. And I thought that Neil Blackman you know, had a really good tweet. Let me see if I can pull it up here uh, the other day that says, if you won't recruit and you won't shake up your staff and you think you can out scheme everybody then you better out scheme everyone. Um, and that's where Florida is under Dan Mullen. And I think that that's a, a perfect way to, uh, to echo the sentiment of, of Gator nation that if you aren't going to recruit better than everybody else, and you're going to be super loyal to your, uh, to your coaching staff and to your administrative help that you have, then you better every week come up with a game plan that's going to beat your opponents. 
And I mean, obviously that, that runs counter to what, what Kirby said about out scheming, you know, players, but I don't think that, you know, Dan Mullen and his staff have put the Gators in a position to out scheme everyone. I think that there's been times that they've, you know, certainly, you know, won games that they shouldn't, shouldn't have. And I think that there's obviously a lot of games that they lost that they shouldn't have. Um, but I don't see, you know, this Gators team or, for the most part, you know, under Dan Mullen's tenure, really schemed up to beat the talent that Dan Mullen, you know, consistently talks about, you know, and, you know, argues of, you know, how good of an offensive mind he is or defensive mind for that matter under Todd Grantham. I think it's, I think David uh, Wonderlick, year two, um, wrote a story about it and said it on our podcast. It, it's really just, you're, you're, you're putting so much on your shoulders. Um, and and erasing, if not making it smaller, or completely erasing your margin of error, and, and and just when you don't when you don't have the talent to match up with the teams you're going up against, you have to out scheme everybody, like you just said. Um, good players will make you know. Kevin O'Sullivan said it to me, has said it to me multiple times. They were calling the you know the University of Florida pitching you um, for a while, and he's like, listen, we just have really great players, and, and you have to recruit ABC. Always be recruiting. Um, good players will make a average coach look great and it'll make him a millionaire. And, and I think this, this staff just doesn't recruit as well as they need to, as well as you should at the university of Florida. Um, they said all the right things about, you know, having that logo on your chest. And it means something when you walk into somebody's, you know, uh, somebody's living room, start showing it. Yeah. And I want to, give a, a quick shot at G Allen Taylor wrote an article in the athletic that is just absolutely scathing and it's not scathing from him. Uh, he interviews a bunch of coaches uh, in the sec and talks that was about, uh, Feldman. Oh, uh, was it Feldman? Yeah, Bruce Feldman. Yeah. Uh, oh, it looks like they wrote it together. Regardless, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Um, if Feldman and, and G Allen Taylor wrote an article uh, that says, you know, quite a bit. Um, an SEC coach was quoted, quoted saying, you know, Florida just doesn't play hard. Georgia's trying to rip your head off. They may be up 30 to nothing, and their linebackers are flying up the field to get after your ass. Florida's a finesse team. Kentucky plays hard. You watch you off on tape. They got skill, but they're not physical. Again, something that we've talked a lot about. Uh, one SEC offensive coach said uh, they play with zero discipline. Up, oh. Am I still breaking up? Hmm. Sound good to me. All right. Um, they play with zero discipline. Um, one SEC offensive coach said they don't play hard. We're more physical than much better than them in the box. We were mauling them. Um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, questions about Todd Grantham in here. There's a lot of questions about uh, just the way that they play football. Um, you know, the, the number, you know, the Gators have outscored or out yarded, if you will, um, outgained their opponents in every game this season. And they're four and four. Um, you know, they have one of the worst special teams units in college football. Uh, they are ranked 96th in the country for penalties. Uh, they just, they look undisciplined. They, they don't look coached well. Um, and if you're going to rely on, Hey, we're going to go find our guys and you better be able to produce with your guys. Um, or else that, uh, you're just sneaking in every aspect of it all. Like you're Mm -hmm. sneaking, like, okay, say you're not the best recruiter, have a disciplined outfit. You know, like, like, I mean, one of the things we applaud the Savage for was like the discriminatory conditioning program. Like, we should be bigger and stronger and faster than everybody if, if we training right. You know, like this is the, the standard. But they're, they're saying every aspect, we don't look bigger, faster, and stronger. 
Uh, we're not disciplined. We're jumping off sides. We're coming in with the same hand claps, nap count thing. Like, there's no – we're not smarter than anybody. We're not bigger than anybody. We're not well, recruiting well, here's anybody. The thing. Like, in I every probably... phase of all this, I don't know where we'll lead at. And you just – like, I don't care how smart you think you are. You're not going to out-scheme all of that. There's too many variables for you to out-scheme all of those variables. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blame like Nick Savage when you're talking about you know bigger, stronger, faster. Like, listen, if you give me I mean, an a part about discipline comes from that 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 program. Yeah, but if you give me an unlimited budget and and you give Gordon Ramsay oh, no ten and give me an unlimited budget and you give Gordon Ramsay ten dollars to make right. beef Wellington, like For I have sure. a shot at out cooking Gordon Ramsay. Um, you know, Nick Savage isn't out on the road recruiting. He just gets given ingredients and says, "Hey, make dinner for Saturday." Um, so I, I, I but think a lot of our plan with uh, a lot of energy, uh, that that culture comes from the shrimp and conditioning program. Like guys, just like 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 the dude, like, like the, I'm sorry, Dan was saying in that article with programs saying like these guys don't want it. Like they're mm-hmm. not flying around. Like Georgia's up thirty, them linebackers still flying around. That a lot of that comes from shrimp and conditioning. You could be a three star and still have a motor. Um, and I'm just not seeing that, bro. Brent Cox. Like I wanted to drive to Jacksonville and get him a ride back to wherever he lived. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's a play. He he just quit. He hey. he, he was and he said he couldn't catch Stetson Bennett on the scout team. He couldn't catch him Saturday either, bro. He quit. Yeah, like and that and that 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 attitude is around the program a little bit. Like players mm-hmm. quitting and not like trying to finish. I just want these guys to finish these last four games. All this play for each other. You know what I'm saying? They gotta finish. They're just yeah. not finishing. That attitude does come from the scrimping conditioning program. And I think, you know, when you look at Urban Meyer and you look at, you know, their strength and conditioning program, I mean, they talked about, you know, three to five seconds of relentless effort, you know, to, to win a game. That That's what you need, um, you know, and, and there's nothing more that frustrated me. And, and, and I don't, you know, want to harp on kid, uh, you know, but, you know, giving up, right? I mean, yeah, maybe you don't catch him. But the second Stetson Bennett turned upfield, he just stopped Good. running. Right, that that to me is that's not the first Brent, time this year, right? That, and that's not just the Brent Cox issue. I mean, you you can if you watch the game, you'll see it a lot. Um, and I think that that's a a culture problem. I think that you have issues. I think you have bigger issues and a, and a bigger thing to deal with other than just, you know, is it a Brenton Cox, you know, issue or is it a team issue? And my biggest fear is now is, you know, with, with very little to play for against teams that you should dominate, you know, are, you know, will Florida get up for those games, you know, but, you know, there's a very, very, very scary situation where Florida can finish this season with six wins. Uh, I mean, outside of Samford, you should beat South Carolina. They're not very good. You should beat Missouri. They're not very good. And you should beat Florida State. They're not very good either. But there is a chance that Florida could lose three of those games. Um, and if Florida goes five and seven, oh, boy. Oh, no, he's fired. I don't see how he makes it to next year five and seven. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's making it to next year. Not at five and seven. But... Uh, yeah, he's making it to next year at five and seven, 100%. Dan Mullen will be the head coach. First of all, I don't see it. I don't see five and seven happening. But Dan I don't Mullen, either. No, I'm just no saying. Doubt, no doubt. Dan that's Mullen will be the head happen. coach at Florida, even if they finish five and seven in 2022. I don't know, bro. It's getting wicked right now. Like mm. I'm, that, that noise. That noise is getting a little loud. 
Yeah, if yeah. you're getting articles from Bruce Feldman on the Athletic, I mean, the, the noise is just outside of the program, right? I mean, yeah. you you could have argued last season when people were you know yelling and screaming about Todd Grantham. It's like, oh, you know, it's just the internet, it's just fad, it's COVID. You blame a lot of excuses. Earlier in this season, a loss to Kentucky. You know, you can blame on you know fans with unrealistic expectations and just being loud. You lose to LSU. Now you lose to Georgia. And it doesn't seem like it's just Florida's losing those games. It's that they're getting out-schemed, out-matched, and beat in, in all aspects of the game. It's not like a fluke thing's happening and Florida's losing. They're getting beat every game that, you know, the noise gets louder, Nick. I, I don't know if the Gators did go 5-7, and seven, which I don't think is going to happen, um, if Dan Mullen would be the coach of Florida next year. He will be. Dan Mullen will be outside of like. We're not going to find out, but we're not going to go five. <laughs> Out, outside yeah. of Dan I don't Mullen, know, man. Because Dan like, would need to get arrested. He would need to make up some death threats. I, like he would have to, he would have to go above and beyond um, off the field to get arrested. Does Urban Meyer need offense coordinator? No, I'm just joking. Just kidding. Um, you guys did lose again. That's not shocking, but I don't want to go. I can't keep talking about football. All my football teams on here on Dan. Even my high school team lost Friday. Um, hey, hey, brother, we got some room for you if you want to jump on the Aquinas bandwagon. They just keep winning football games. You can go watch a team that wins. I, I, I won't. I won't do it, uh, Nick. Sorry. It's okay. No, the invitation is open. Can I have to explain to my kids why I like cheer for a Broward High School team? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No. It's like, listen, kids, yeah, <laughs> I, I brought you into some losers. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna bring you to a winner. We're gonna show you the a winning culture. I mean, who's gonna fire him? I, that's one of the reasons I do agree with, with Nick a little bit. He's not getting cause... fired. Like that's uh, people keep saying it. Like maybe if Florida finishes five and seven this year, and 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 has a bad twenty twenty two then maybe he's not the coach in 2023. Dan Mullen will be Florida's head coach in 2022 unless he completely implodes off the field. There's nothing that happens on the field this year that will get Dan Mullen fired. And I mean, he could get into a fist fight with Eli Drinkwitz on November 20th in Columbia. Maybe that would do it. So I guess I could find a way. But yeah, he's Dan Mullen's going to be the coach in 2022. There's going to have to be defensive changes. I think... Listen, if, if, you, when, Todd, when Todd Grantham's gone, like that's that's there's going to be multiple changes um, on defense because you don't bring in a defense coordinator and have him coach with the guys who are there. Um, so I think that you know you'll see a shakeup, and, and I don't know who will remain on the team or who will leave. Um, but you're going to see some changes, but it's not going to be a head coach. Sorry, Dan. Go give, ahead. Give me the pride of Fort Worth, Texas, Gary Patterson, on my. On my uh, on my sideline next year, Nick. I think Gary Patterson's probably like Dan Mullen and probably like a lot of football coaches. He doesn't like where college football is heading. I think Gary Patterson's mad um, that you know Zach Evans is hitting the transfer portal and other teams can talk to his running back. I don't think a lot of these coaches like the power the power shift that's happening in college football with name, image, likeness, with the transfer yes, portal. Sir. It used to be jump. Don't Dabo. even ask me how high. That one don't like it. Uh, no. uh, you, you can tell it. Like Dan doesn't like it. A, no. lot, a lot of these coaches don't like where this shit is going, but that's what it is. It's it, 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 it used to be jump, and don't ask me how high. Know exactly how high I wanted you to jump and give me a half an inch higher than I wanted you to to show me that you're fully committed to the program. And now, listen, Gervon Dexter might make more money this year 
Anthony Richardson might make more money this year than Christian Robinson. You're going to get into a situation where mm -hmm. you're, you know, it's like you're coaching in, in the pros in the sense that these guys are making more money than some of the coaches that, that, that they're coaching them. Well, and, and that's just and like, these guys don't like it. Uh, and I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. I mean, as somebody that manages a, a pretty large team, like I have to deal with that every day, right? Like I've got my employees being reached out to by other companies wanting to hire them. And that's on me to, to make sure that, you know, they're, you know, have opportunity and that they're, you know, enjoy winning. the place that they work and the culture, right. And that they're winning, right. Like, I'm sorry if you don't like it, that your players are being reached out to because you probably promised them something that you didn't deliver on. Well, welcome to the real world of what life is like outside of college football. Talk that talk, Daniel. Um, so that, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's something that every industry deals with. Right. And if you want to keep people at your program, then you need to create a culture and an environment that keeps them there. And if you have a problem with the way college sports is going, then, you know, then, then retire, I guess. Because you can't go into the real world. I'd say go into the real world, but it's even worse there, right? So, yeah, man, they had, they had a sweet job of, of, of line, line, line of kids getting them on campus, then they kind of stuck. Uh, now, like Dan said, you got you to gotta live up to some of those expectations you put on the trail. And, like, I don't like Anthony Richardson kind of put the, the, our staff in a situation. Um, when he was asked about his future uh, situation at quarterback and, and possibly a different school. So, like, that's what it is, man. Um, and that just forces a lot of coaches' hands. And, and like, I said, that, that, I seen that news last night. That was crazy to me. The kids, the kids used to be under, you know, being held hostage. Once you sign the NIL, you know, you sign over any kind of nice things the coaches said to you when you were a recruit. Now coaches are being held hostage. Like, listen, game has changed. Change with it. Uh, or, or become extinct. And uh, coaches don't like the power shift that's happened. And it's not just Dan. I think it's happening everywhere. So we'll see if Gary Patterson gets back you're, into coaching. You're, I don't you're right, so. Nick. I've, I've changed my mind. I no longer want Gary Patterson as our defense coordinator. Nick, Nick got his uh, three letters mixed up. It's not LOIs, bro. Not NILs. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro, I'm not, I'm not a morning day. person. Y'all got me up early. Uh, I never got my coffee delivery. Uh, we're running a loose ship over Nick, here. how much does a coffee delivery cost? No, like, it's I, I asked Uber the girlfriend Eats. to bring me coffee. Oh, oh I got it. Was, it. It was an in-home delivery. I'll the only reason I asked, I'll never forget one time, I like looked it up for like somebody to bring coffee to my office. I like, got Uber Eats, and I think it was like 16 bucks. Yeah, it's nonsense. It's ridiculous, ridiculous. So, uh, you know, that that uh, do you guys have any final thoughts and kind of the state of the program? I mean, again, we're, we're rehashing, but also like it's the middle of the season. They're not going to make changes now. Um, any other big picture topics that you guys want to talk about uh, regarding the state of the program? Um, obviously, I, go ahead. It's it's a it's a bad year. It's a really bad year. Um, and, and you, I mean, outside of the, of recruiting, you have to. I mean, you have to get recruiting better. Um, that, there's no way around that. But it's just a I'll bad. I was looking bad for year on the football season. Are we looking for a defensive coordinator right now? At this point, like, I don't know why we're not firing and looking for, like, that change to get maybe some type of bump in recruiting, right? Uh, get a fresh face in here now. We only got a few weeks before well, we get our signing places. So, so you make a good point, right? Uh, you have a bunch of defensive commits that are committed right now to a, a lame duck staff. I mean, it is truly lame duck. Like, theoretically, Todd Grantham could get an extension, but right now he doesn't have one and his job, you know, ends at, probably December 31 or whenever, you know, they decided uh, early January. Um, but national signing day is in the middle of December. I think it's right, right around December 12th and that, you know, that area, if you don't have a staff in place, 
do those kids even sign to play the University of Florida? Right. Because what if you bring in a completely different scheme and, you know, that defensive tackle that you really liked, you know, that works well in a, in a four, three, maybe you switch over to a three, four, right. And all of a sudden his interest in, in playing for you guys is, is no longer there. Um, you know, but, but, you know, that, it's, it's a, it's a huge question with that December, you know, signing day looming. Yeah. I don't see a reason to keep Todd if he's not coming back next year. I mean, you already paid that money. I mean, you got, you already lost, the game you're out of the east. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if that's the direction of the program is to bring in a new defense side of the ball, um, start making hires and start making fires and, and making some change and, and show like like this program needs some type of spark. Yeah, um, I, I don't I don't know, and, and we probably need to do another show in the not too distant future of folks that you know that we would target. But you know, again, you know, I put this out there a couple of weeks ago, and I'll put it out now is I've never once seen Dan Mullen go after the hire that seemingly makes the most sense or go after the big name or splash hires when he was at Mississippi state. And I was, I was texting with a, with a writer that we've had on the show a a few weeks ago. And he just said, Dan Mullen has his guys, right? These are the people that he knows. Um, So him going out there and then bringing in somebody different is a, you know, a complete, change for him uh in terms of the way that he's done hiring before um you know bringing in a new coach defensive coordinator bringing in a new staff is gonna you know bring in a lot of new coaches that dan mullen has never dealt with replacing that many coaches in a single season so how does that gel together and what does dan mullen do does he make the safe choice or does he make the um you know or does he let somebody go out there and, and get the the, the big name, the up and comer. And it doesn't necessarily need to be, you know, the most recognized coach because you follow college sports, but the guy that's going to take over the program and give him. You know what Kirby would do it on with the, the shoes on the other foot? Go take somebody off our staff like he did before. Yeah. Go take somebody off Georgia staff. Mm-hmm. Grow some nuts. Sorry. <laughs> Speaking of nuts, a little too early for the Manscapes reason. Yeah. So. <laughs> My bad. I'm just saying that's what Kirby would do. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and I think they got a lot of talent on their defensive side of the ball. Go take somebody like that's a rival. Help your team and also uh, hurt your rival. I like that. I'll come back next week with my uh, my power rankings of Georgia's uh, positional coaches. Is that uh, – yeah, I think next week will be uh, – man, this summer, I was just sitting there thinking – on the we drive got- home, from, I was sitting there thinking on the drive home from Jackson. I'm like, what do I even write this week? Like, who ca- who cares about South Carolina? Anybody? Not me. Yeah. Must I'm going. Yeah. Hmm. I, don't even, I don't even have that hate for him anymore. No, yeah. Blue Muschamp ain't coming back to Gainesville. Yeah. No, I'm talking yeah. about he's going from South Carolina. Oh, hey, money talks. You don't know if you're not coming back. Again. Listen, uh, no, talks. Will Muschamp was probably the happiest person in Jacksonville. Happiest person in Jacksonville on Saturday night. But because he was finally on the winning end of that game, he, he won one time. He won the oh, year yeah, he got that's fired. Right. That's right. When they ran for like 491 million yards. Yeah. I'm gonna shout out to, shout out to Will Muschamp, but money talks. Dan that's Landing, sure. that's the guy that I want from uh, from Georgia State. Isn't he their defensive coordinator, Nick? Co-DC and uh, outside linebackers. I don't want to see much chance pop Billy on my sideline. Just clear that up. <laughs> they got some young studs. And they got some people on that, on, on that staff that we can go poach. Yeah, and they have a, a guy in their recruiting department named David Cooper, 
I believe is his name. Oh yeah, that's right. Cause he was on our staff six months ago. Right. Um, so, all right, boys. Well, Nick, I know that you don't want to talk about it. We have to talk about it. Let's give a shout out to our friends over at game time sidekicks, uh, visit game time sidekicks.com. Use promo code stadium, get some of the most premier uh, vacuum sealed cups and stainless steel cups that you uh, want for your team or for the sport that you follow collegiate golf, NFL, uh, lifestyle stuff, all of that, visit GameTimeSidekicks.com. Some of the best products that we have seen uh, in our time doing this. So visit them, GameTimeSidekicks.com. Use promo code STADIUM for 10% off. All right, guys, Gators play South Carolina on Saturday. Um, South Carolina uh, enters the, the season as, as not very good. Uh, just pulling up their, their stats right now. Uh, they are... Uh, they have four wins on the season. Uh, they are four and four, but their wins have been over uh, Eastern Illinois, East Carolina, Troy, and Vanderbilt. They had a squeaker against Vanderbilt. 21 to 20. This is to Georgia, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Texas A&M. Uh, South Carolina is not very good. Um, their quarterback uh, that was their starting quarterback, pardon me, uh, for the season is out. Uh, their quarterback, uh, Zeb Nolan, uh, he had a tormentous, so he will not um, be uh, able to play in this game. Uh, long story short, South Carolina is a bad team. But, Nick, give us your thoughts on South Carolina as we head into um, the game in Columbia on uh, Saturday at 7.30 p.m. Just looking at uh, turnover margin stuff, Florida is 120th in the country. Um, I think second second to last only behind Kentucky. Um, but South Carolina has done a good job of taking away the football. Um, they've gained uh, 11 interceptions, picked up six fumbles, uh, but they also give it away a lot. So they have a negative one turnover margin. Um, that's going to be an issue because Florida, no matter what the quarterback is, uh, who the quarterback is, has given the ball away. Um, and, uh, other than like Rashad Torrance, I don't think, you know, they're taking it away, uh, at a good clip. So that's an issue. Like, listen, Florida's offense has been good this year. Only 2020, they've had more, um, the only team to start with more yards than Florida's had in, you know, in the first eight games is that 2020 team, which we all know was, was prolific. So how do you lose games when, when you're moving the ball? Um, and, and, and scoring points, you do it by turning the ball over. So that's, that's a game. I think whenever you're looking at a team that you should beat, whether it's home or on the road, you need to go in there, protect the football. Don't let them hang around. So this is a game that Florida should win. Um, I didn't even look at the spread to see what the spread was, but you should win. You should 19 cover, or something. You should win. You should cover the spread. Um, and that, that shouldn't even be a question. So. Um, to me, it's Florida's got to find out what are we made of, what are we doing, um, you know, Monday to Friday to get ready, um, or do you quit? So to me, that's going to be, uh, you know, the big question is who shows up on Saturday, um, who shows up Monday, you know, I guess to be to be honest, who shows up today at practice, and uh, it's on the coaching staff and on the players to to not pack it in and. Show up right. in Columbia and, and and put something on the field. 
Yeah, I'm with Nick. I mean, the spread kind of indicates when you, you, we're a 19-point favorite on the road. It kind of shows, like, the talent level is not there. We should wax this team. But um, I got to see a football team that's dialed in and want to win, you know, still playing for the teammates and whatnot, and not let this team hang around and have some hope on a, on a Saturday night in cold Missouri. Um, and that's the thing. If we dialed in, we should wax. This team just not a good football team. Um, like the last four or five games we got, I don't know who's gonna get in the bowl game, but it's just not gonna be a lot of good football teams. We're not gonna learn a lot. Uh, but nonetheless, I want my guys to come out and still win these football games, play with some. And I still want to see Anthony Richardson be the quarterback as well. I want I want to see that be my guy. Um, got a lot of decisions to make in the quarterback room. Seeing how that plays out is gonna be um, quite the end of season. We didn't get into that bad. We can do that next week. But uh. I think we waxed this team. This is not a good football team. Um, we could do the basics, running the ball, taking care of the ball, no turnovers on the road, and we should be fine. You muted, Dan. Sorry, guys. Uh, South Carolina is really bad uh, on the offensive line. Um, if you thought that Florida struggled on the offensive line, uh, take a look at a, a South Carolina game. They may be uh, one of the worst in the SEC, uh, maybe outside of Vanderbilt, uh, especially when it comes to pass blocking. Uh, they are a team that allows a lot of hurries. They allow a lot of sacks. Uh, they allow uh, you know the quarterback to, to be erratic um, throwing the ball. Uh, their quarterback uh, for the game, Luke Doughty, um, has is 60% on the season. Uh, but if you look back on, on his stats, a lot of those yards came uh, against Vanderbilt and Troy uh, really struggled 114 yards uh, against Texas A&M uh, 217 yards against Tennessee. Uh, hmm. Just not, not very good uh, at throwing the ball, but, but Florida's going to need to have a day Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's going to need to. I got him. Yeah, Todd got him. Um, you know, but he's a guy that that's just not uh, built for, uh, you know, being able to to really be a, a great passer for uh, for South Carolina. So um, it'll be interesting to see when we get into uh, you know the the game on on Saturday. But uh, they are a, a an atrocious pass blocking team. Let me see if I can pull up uh, what they allowed. They allowed. Let's see. Five pressures to Zeb Zolan and then Jason Brown. Uh, they allowed, you know, four pressures. So they allowed nine pressures uh, on just 35 plays. So if the Gators, you know, if, if you know, Gervon Dexter and Zach Carter and the rest of the Gators can, um, you know, get to the quarterback, then, you know, I think that they're going to force, uh, you know, Zeb Nolan to, to, make some errant passes and not throw the ball. They didn't throw the ball very much against Tennessee or pardon me against Texas A&M downfield. Uh, they played Zeb uh, Noland. Uh, he didn't have any passes beyond 20 yards. And then Jason Brown, uh, the order, other quarterback that played only had two passes beyond 20 yards and they were both incompletion. So uh, Gators need to get after the quarterback force either whoever quarterback is going to play in this game uh, to beat them in the air. But South Carolina is bad. Uh, Silk, you said it, 19-point um, favorites for the Gators. Uh, Over-under is only 52.5, so they're expecting a low-scoring game where the Gators score a lot of points, uh, and South Carolina doesn't score really much of any. Any final thoughts? And uh, not obviously a lot to talk about South Carolina. They're not very good. Uh, score predictions. Four and four on the season. Nick, start with you, bud. Score prediction. Um, I'm going to go – 42-15. Mm. 
That's that's a lot. I, I don't I don't know. Uh, so I'll go jump in. I don't think that the Gators are going to score forty two. Um, not because I, I think that South Carolina's got a good defense. They just I, I don't think that they're a team that can can consistently put up those kind of numbers. Um, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go thirty one to to twelve. That's, that's a an wild, odd score. That's a wild score with the twelve. Yeah, 30, 31 to twelve. Four field goals. I'm going to friends of, of 40. Give me 38, 17. Okay. Um, who's your, your offensive MVP? Uh, let's assume that Anthony Richardson uh, is able to play because we don't know recording on Monday morning. Anthony Richardson. Yeah, I agree. Um, this this defense is, is lacking in a lot of talent. He'll be able to get open field and do a lot of wild things on a team like this. Uh, so I go AR if, if he's healthy. If he's not, just give me uh, Damian Pierce just to keep it chill. I'm not going to search for nobody else. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm going to go with Damian Pierce. You know, I hope that he he earned the opportunity to get some more carries based on his game against Georgia. I know that that's not something that we uh, ever expect under Dan Mullen for for it to really make a ton of sense and give the guy uh, more carries. <laughs> but I'm going to go. I'm going to go Damian Pierce as my offensive MVP in this game. What about defensive MVP? I'll start. I'll go with Zach Carter. Uh, you know, just their their pass blocking is atrocious. I think that he gets to the quarterback, and I'm going to have him down for for two and a half sacks in this game. Nick, God, get Zach getting back on track for that uh, for that sack total. Um, I'll go Trey Dean. He's feeling himself. Um, he, he was getting into it with uh, with my mood uh, on Saturday, but Trey Dean uh, posting pictures of himself and. Uh, <laughs> And celebrating the loss, so I'm gonna go trading. <laughs> who, who, what, what happened? I missed something. Just I, was stay, off, I was off I, the boards. I, I mean, I, I get you only get a couple opportunities, but I was uh, I took losses pretty hard. I never posted pictures after we lose the game, but I who, see a lot who of it. Who post, I mean, you still got to advertise and post your brand. I get it. <laughs> you know, it's a different era. Who did? Who did what? Who posted the pictures? Uh, I'm pulling it up right now. What was his tweet? His tweet was, they think they tough. Nah, they bluff. Think they can get touched. Hashtag thank you, God. Hashtag all glory to God. Hashtag watch God do work. And then there was four pictures from the Georgia game. I'm, I'm confused. Is he saying that Georgia's not very good or? I don't know. Okay. And what did um, Mahmoud say? Oh, I, I don't know. I just, uh, my mood, I was watching the sideline. My mood was just getting in, getting after trading and crime dog kind of had to like, pull him apart looked like looked like my was just talking to him about something trading didn't agree or something just does teammate stuff happens during a game i don't think it was a big deal mixed friend rumors about nah, nah, somebody, somebody, <laughs> like one thing about it is like when we had good football teams guys like brandon spikes would get guys in order like they, they yeah. would check teammates so we do need players on our team like that to check yes. guys man like to check egos to check Fake bravado, all of that stuff, man. So, shout out to somebody trying to be a leader. Yeah, it. Um, I wasn't bringing it up like, oh, the team is divided, stuff like that. Like that's stuff you need for sure. Shout out to my guy Major Wright. He was on uh, Outkick Show, bro. He was. He got a street, yeah, in uh, yeah. Up in Georgia. Um, wait, who got a street? Major, Major Wright. Wright. Why does Major Wright have a street in Georgia? Um. Isn't he think, from Fort Lauderdale? I think it was Georgia. No, he was not from Fort Lauderdale. They moved down um, oh. to the area, I think, around high school. Um, oh. That's and, my fault uh, for not knowing his life history. Yeah. Uh, I think his freshman year, he went to high school somewhere in, like, 
Pensacola, maybe Pensacola area, somewhere up there. He came down because I played football my freshman year. Uh, was a free safety. Did you really, Nick? What position did you play? Free safety. Mays took your spot. Oh, um, I wouldn't say that he took my spot. I, I would say the but he uh, wouldn't say the awareness of my baseball and football abilities became quickly uh, apparent to myself, and I decided that I could watch Major Wright. Um, Career move from from the sideline on Friday, uh, or I could uh, tailgate and hang out with my friends and watch Major Wright from the stands on Friday. Nick, Nick went to the cork board, you know, right before the first meeting <laughs> to see to see the depth chart. He didn't see his name listed on there. That yeah. six safeties listed, and Nick's name wasn't there. He's like, you know what, Coach? I'm making a decision. You can't fire me. I quit. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I was I had a nice baseball career, and I didn't need to get my. I didn't need to get my ass kicked uh, Monday through Thursday or Sunday through Thursday uh, and then watch, you know, watch the same game. I just decided that I have, I would have different seats for the, yeah. for the football game. Business, it, business decisions got to be made. Yeah. So major um, came in and, and things became uh, very apparent. <laughs> Nick, I'm, I'm not one to tell you that you're wrong, uh, but major right is from Lauderdale lakes, Florida. So. Uh, okay. We'll have to get Mage on. Yeah. We'll have to roll we'll, again. From. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Um. Anyway, so he was on your... the he was on the Outkick show, and he, he was, was born talking... in Lauderdale. No, nope. Lauderdale Lakes, <laughs> allegedly. Nick, you're so wrong, man. He, Nick, <laughs> so look, Nick just says stuff. So that's the thing is, Nick just sells stuff. But if he says it with confidence, and he's like, "Oh, he played yeah, a season in like Pensacola yeah, or something," I don't know. Confidence is key. Confidence no, no. is key. Yeah, me. Anyway, as I was, I thought Mage was really a like a South Florida boy, and all he's from the panel. And then <laughs> Major Wright was born Dan, in Dan Kansas, Facts. Missouri, um, and came. Um, anyway, he's on Outkick, and he's Did talking you say about Kansas, Missouri. Yeah, yeah. I was just so like, why Kansas does he? State so, so back to back to our original point. Why does he have a street in Georgia? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Back to my original. I wasn't even talking. I wasn't even trying to bring up the street. I was trying no, to bring up the on this show. St. Simon's Island. That I mean, Nick told us like he was born in Pensacola and that uh, he quit football because of Mage, but never told us why the street sign was in Georgia. I think he was born in Georgia. Nick, actually. are you here? I've got a question. Is it a road that's named after that major right, or is there a different major <laughs> right? I don't know, like, man. Is there I, like an army major right? I wasn't bringing up the road. I was trying to bring up what he said on a show. Silk brought yeah, up the road. But you said you said he's from Georgia or Pensacola. Bro, I'm, just, I'm, I'm losing control of this podcast like Dan lost control of the game Saturday. We need a halftime. Can we have halftime? Oh, I need to make God. adjustments. Nobody has ever been so more wrong, bro. Like, <laughs> I need, I need to make halftime adjustments. Come on. Uh, all right, Nick. So he was on Outkick show with what, Clay Travis? Uh, I don't think Clay was on at the time when Major was on, but he was yeah. talking about um, their practices. And just, you know, the guy asked him about practices. He was like, they would have to tell us to, like, stop. And and he said, you know, like, there was just a day where I was like, I'm a freshman. He's like, T during Tebow's um, – Heisman year, Mage was a freshman, and um, he was like, "Listen, as a freshman, I'm just trying to make you know special teams. I'm just trying to get on the field." He goes, and when Brandon Spikes walks in and tells you, "Hey, it's going to be a day today. Like we're getting after him." He goes, "There's no other option. Uh, you know, we're getting after it." And uh, Major said, "Like the coaches would have to tell them, you know, on a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, like, hey, chill out. 
chill out. So he he just made the point that we went so hard in in practice that you know the games were the easy part. So I think that's you know it reminded me of that when Silk brought up Brandon Spikes. It's just that you need to have those guys like majors freshman year. He's like Brandon Spikes says, hey, we're gonna go kill those boys today in practice, and you know already it's already done. I like that. So who do you have as the defensive MVP of this game? Major Wright. Uh, he's got Major a year of Wright. eligibility left, yeah. right? I mean, I'm That's just going right. keep, to keep going with the lies. Major, um, Major I said, Wright I said, out of Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> German-born Major Wright. Yeah, that's right. Um, I said, I said Trey Dean. Trey Dean, my guy will lead uh, leading tackles. Uh, right. the, the defensive line is mid. Give me Zach Carter. I mean, the offensive line of Missouri is mid, so give me Zach Carter. I think he's going to dominate, um, do what he got to do. It's South Carolina week, not Missouri. Same thing. No. Yeah, different Columbia. Different Columbia, same bad team. Also, okay, where Major Wright was born, Columbia. Yeah, I'm just gonna <laughs> like I don't even know what my taste gonna be every week. These last games are so terrible. You yeah, know? we like, need to come like, up with some new content. Yeah, I, I, don't worry. I'm gonna get Mike creative. White's like, basketball team yeah. has an exhibition tonight. Yeah, basketball's back in eight days. No, 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 no. Let's not get carried away. Oh, Nick, how did the baseball team do in their their fall scrimmages? Um, not great. Okay, good. Lost uh, eight to five. <laughs> okay, good. Lost eight to five. A um, lot of negativity uh, in my that. mentions. I, I think the football frustration is bleeding over. I pray for Mike White as his team will be on SEC. Who's in charge SEC of all Network of this? Plus. Right? Who's in charge of what? <laughs> all of it. <laughs> we'll start with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> God, <laughs> start praying. Um but, you know, like Florida's um, starting pitcher, Hunter Barco, obviously in a scrimmage setting, you're going to throw it a couple innings maybe. You're on a pitch count. Um, he strikes out four of the first six. Um, next guy comes in, Brandon Sproat, who's going to be your Saturday starter. He needs to figure out how to throw strikes. Couldn't do it, so he gave up five in the second. Um, mm. So, you know, obviously it's a scrimmage situation. If, if it's a Friday night in March and you're playing Georgia, maybe Hunter Barco throws seven scoreless, and mm-hmm. you're looking at a whole different game. So, Okay. Already had people freaking out about baseball. It's uh, first game didn't even until mid February, so a lot of time. I, I'm not gonna tell them not to freak out because I told everybody to chill about scrimmage notes, and here we are. <laughs> You're not helping me here. My right. mentions. I'm not, I'm not here to help your mentions, bro. My Twitter mentions have been a war zone since the LSU game. I can see that absolute war zone. Like for mental health reasons, we are not reading replies. Might just start mute, like tweet, you, tweet, mute, tweet, you, yeah, mute, tweet, you mute, mute. A lot of your controversial stuff. Yeah. No, no, I don't. It's just like it's just. It don't even be not controversial. trying to brag. It's like, it just, be, it just comes actuality. It, it just comes through like too too quickly um, for me to even read all of it. To be honest with you, um, yeah. And I don't get notification unless I follow you, um, or it's from a verified account. I don't get like notification push notifications to like my my phone. <laughs> So I'm about to unfollow Dan. Nick, Nick's, Nick's flexing on everybody. He's like, unless no, it's, it's a just, verified it's account, I, I don't even look at your tweets. Unless you got a blue check, I ain't reading it. I can see it. I can see it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's. Uh, so, that, so, that's that's when I really don't read it when it got a blue check. Like, oh, yeah, this guy has no <laughs> idea what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a blue check. Oh, man. All right. Awesome. Uh, so do you want to get um, into the uh, I, I can't come up with any prize pick um, things this week. I mean. 
you know, it is what it is. The Gators should win. Um, they should get some turnovers, some yards, all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> we'll skip uh, skip those this week. So, Silk, why don't you get us into the Manscaped ad read, and then we'll uh, – Tell us about Nick, that shampoo. Nick, start uh, thinking about your song snap. of the week. Tell us about that shampoo you got. Shout out to Manscaped, the best of the best when it comes to grooming. Be sure to visit manscaped.com. Use coupon code SG at checkout. Um, I need to talk to somebody. Uh, customer service. The VP of marketing. The VP of marketing. Uh, somebody, CFO. He's the they, CFO, yeah. I seen a package from Manscaped. I said, oh, snap, I probably got the lawnmower 5.0. Who knows? You know, so let me open this box to a surprise. And here's the surprise I got. Surprise! Shampoo <laughs> and conditioning. Shampoo and conditioning. As you can see, if you have uh, us on YouTube, I have a ball head. So I'm assuming I'm assuming you shampoo and condition your pubic hairs before yeah. you manscape them with the lawnmower 4.0. Called shampoos. Shampoos. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Yo, that is so childish and funny. <laughs> shout, shout out to the shampoos. Um, I have to grow my pubes back out just to shampoo them because that's nothing else I could do with this 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 shampoo and conditioner in one. But it seems but, counterintuitive to have the man the, the lawnmower 4.0 and pubic hair, right? Right. That's that's contradictory though. You can't I can't use this on my pubes if if I'm cutting it off, right? Or do I escape right. it with a nice flat top? Ooh, yeah, nice flat top. <laughs> I don't need to know. So <laughs> yeah. just, yeah, you live your life. Hey, just give it to Fresh Harlem. Edge. I don't know. A, a Chris Mohawk in the edge is what Harlem has. I, I, I could do that. Uh, body wash is new to, to my lineup. Shout out to Manscaped shooting us the body wash. I'm going to try this out tonight. I haven't given it a run. Have you given it a run, Dan? Uh, yeah, no. My package didn't arrive until yesterday when I had already left uh, Tampa. Intense clean formula for the from the good folks at Manscaped. Um, activate your lifestyle. Shave them balls. Coupon code SGA at checkout for 20% off. What we got? All right, Nick. Song of the week. Take Song of the week. This will be a new one. Uh, I probably won't get uh, my jingle props, which I was on a streak from Silk. Um, mm. But we're going with Jordan Davis featuring Luke Bryant by Dirt. Yeah, I don't know that one. A little, little country Dirt? tune. By Dirt. By Dirt, D-I-R-T, by Dirt. Oh, I thought Dirk was on. I was like, yo. <laughs> by Dirt, Jordan Davis. Might be a jingle with Dirk on it. By Dirt? By Dirt. You haven't heard that one, Dan? It's uh, it's, 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 it's a little bro country for your taste. Yeah, it's yeah, very, yeah. very um, Nashville. Yeah, no, I can, yeah. I can see that. By Dirt by Jordan Davis. What's, okay, do educate me. What's bro country? Uh, poppy, like poppy country. Yeah, lots, lots, of, lots of trucks and girls and bikinis and pop country you uh my, my buddy down in uh he works for tex Hags. he uh he said that i would be a big florida georgia line fan he is from, i can see that i can see he's that. he's from texas uh lives in college station where there are real life cowboys as i learned there last are. year um so, horses everywhere <clears throat> it, it's an agritech agritech <laughs> agritech what, what's that word agritectural Ag agricultural that one there you go oh, oh my god my god that was, that was crazy <laughs> agritextual 
I don't know where you was taking. Oh, I thought I thought it was agriculture bro. plus tech, some new shit I ain't know oh, about. Oh, Corey Bender pays me real American dollars to write Ag words, and I came up with agriculture. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the name of the show. Oh. That's the name of the show. Remember <laughs> Silk a few weeks ago when we talked about Nick being a baboon and showing his ass to everybody? Right. He's back. That's not a good He's show back. for me. This has not been a good show. Architectural. Like, that's oh. crazy. I thought it was some outlay. I need to go Google this. Oh, thing. don't. It won't come up. Don't Google oh, it. Oh, my gosh. He's like, what? Oh, word? yeah. Oh my gosh. So they're in, they're I, in I architectural think... school. Yeah. Uh, lots, lots of farming out there. That's incredible. <laughs> that's nuts. That is a nuts word that he just wow. created. So, right in front of our eyes. Day after Halloween, not doing well. Man, November 1st, man. Fall is definitely feeling beautiful, man. Same corner, same time next week. Same corner, same time, boys. We'll see you. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll be better. We'll see you at the next uh, arch agricultural convention. <laughs> can't even repeat it's it. A new, it's a new industry. Yeah. Uh, all right, boys. Same corner, same time next week. A few days before he turned 80, he was sitting out back in a rocker. He said, what you been up to lately? I told him chasing a dollar And in between sips of coffee He poured this wisdom out Said, if you want my two cents On making a dollar count Buy dirt Find the one you can't live without Get a ring, let your knee hit the ground Do what you love, but call it work Throw a little money in the plate at church Send your prayers up and your roots down deep Add a few limbs to your family tree And watch their pencil marks in the grass in the yard all grow up Cause the truth about it is It all goes by real quick You can't buy happiness But you can buy dirt Caught on that ladder Let me tell you what it's all about Find you a few things that matter That you can put a fence around And then he laid it out Buy dirt Find the one you can't live without Get a ring, let your knee hit the ground Do what you love, but call it work And throw a little money in the plate at church Send your prayers up and your roots down deep And add a few limbs to your family tree And watch their pencil marks in the grass in the yard All grow up Cause the truth about it is It all goes by real quick You can't buy happiness But you can buy dirt Cause he ain't making any more of it So buy dirt Find the one you can't live without Get a ring, let your knee hit the ground Do what you love, but call it work And throw a little money in the plate at church Send your prayers up and your roots down deep Add a few limbs to your family tree Watch their pencil marks in the grass In the yard where it all grow up Cause the truth about it is It all goes by real quick You can't buy happiness But you can buy dirt